Welcome to the Busy Pastor Podcast. We are here to equip and encourage pastors to be busy with the right things. My name is Greg Gibson. I'm here with my co-host, Trent Stewart, the lead pastor at Foothills Church. And today we are talking about being busy in the right lane. Right to today's content. And so thank you so much for those who are listening and yes. continuing this journey with the busy pastor. And as we talk about being busy with the right things, we're going to talk today about being busy in the right leadership lane. Mm-hmm. And so with that, we're going to be talking about the APEST model of leadership and introducing that content. Uh, but let's begin with defining the problem here. Uh, what are you seeing pastors do wrong? Well, <clears throat> That is a huge question, but specifically in the leadership lane conversation, I think, let me start with just the sports analogy. So in basketball, if you, if you like basketball, it's March's madness is upon us and it's the greatest month out of the whole year. And so I, I love it. Greatest month. We, we watch a basketball game and if you see a team of, of five guys out there when they don't know their role. You've got maybe the the guy that should be posting up inside. He's outside shooting threes. Or you just have a guy who can't shoot threes that is shooting threes. And you're like, whoa, your job is to rebound, set screens, you know, dive on the floor, get loose balls. Your job's not to shoot a three. Don't shoot that even if they leave you open. But we always see that. And teams that are successful, they know what their role is on the team and they fulfill that role. And, and, and that's how you know, good teams win. When it comes to ministry, when it comes to pastors, we try to be all things to all people. And sometimes in that, we try to be somebody we're not. We try to have gift sets in areas that we don't have. And we we feel guilty about that. And then we also try to, you know, make up for that with you know, study and hard work and all this stuff to try to get better in that area. But at the end of the day, we're just not fruitful in that area. Um, And that's why I think we see so many pastors leaving after three years because they get into that, you know, role where they step in, they do the sermons that they've done at the last church. They, they, they have the honeymoon period that first year. And then by year two, they're already feeling that tension. And then by year three, you know, by doing the same things they've always done, they kind of are at the end of the road there. They're like, you know what? The tension, it's not fun. It's not going anywhere. We're not growing. So let's leave and, you know, go do this again at some other place. And then it's that, you know, same rhythm and same, you know, monotony that happens every place they go. And so they do things that they hate doing. Mm-hmm. They do things that they're not good at. And then they don't get the results. People don't affirm them. Um, and they don't, you know, say good job because they're doing all these things they're not good at. And, and then at the end of the day, it's just like, man, why am I even doing this? But so what we want to help pastors do is begin the self-discovery process. That's right. And so it's it's amazing when you understand who you are and when you understand what it is that you are good at because you pastor you are good at something. Right. Um and it may not be the areas that you hope that you were going to be good at. <laughs> it may be in another area, but as a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit has given you certain gifts and so you're good at these things. You also have some natural talents, but you really just need to begin to get outside of the, the traditional you know, pastor's box, right? And discover who you are in Christ, and then do ministry out of that. Yeah, and it doesn't help 
with uh, social media today, oh, yeah, with the comparison culture in the church, with the celebrity pastor culture. Yeah, you've mentioned in previous episodes just the the um, appeal for for pastors to build their platform, yeah, instead of making disciples. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in that comparison game and and, yeah. and so we know what what is the church at large saying success is, you know, big church, writing books, you know, lots of people. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to do that and you're not in the right lane, you're not getting results, you know, yeah. there's going to be some hardship. So that's why we think this podcast is the, is the perfect time to kind of speak into this right. for pastors, because I know there's some guys out there that are really struggling, they're hurting, that's right. you know. The attendance isn't there because of COVID and, and the frustration is multiplied and, and there's probably some marriages that are even more tense and, it you know, pastor's hearts are just really heavy right now. So we've got to blow up a lot of things. We've got to blow up the pastor's job description, the traditional one, get back right. to the Bible. And then we also have to blow up some of the expectations that we thought pastors should be experiencing, like the followers on, on, you know, get, you, you want to get the blue check on Twitter, right? You want to get, you know, a big church, you want to get, you know, this platform, you want to get lots of people saved. And so we got to blow this up. I mean, if if COVID is teaching us anything, maybe it's that, you know, attendance isn't the end all. Um, And so people that you thought were going to be with you for the long haul, they haven't returned. They're not involved anymore. They're not engaged anymore. Leads to frustration for pastors. So Butts and seats cannot be the goal. Right. And the goal the, has to be making disciples. Making disciples, yeah. And and the fact that you're not getting results, um, and, and maybe you're listening and, and you're feeling like, man, I, I don't feel like I'm, I am getting the results that I want or that I'm planning for, praying for. Uh, the last thing we want you to do is quit. Right. Like the, if you're discouraged and you're, and you're saying, yeah, that's me, our ministry, we're not seeing the results we want, we we're we're saying hey let's let's begin this conversation now on self discovery blowing up the, the the traditional pastoral job description box that you mentioned a moment ago Trent and and let's remind ourselves that that just like basketball our opening illustration right or sports or whatever um, sports is a team sport ministry most sports are team sports <laughs> ministry is a team it's a team sport. sport yeah and guys are playing solo. Mm-hmm. Um, they are out there on their own. Yeah. They feel like they're in the desert. Yeah. Uh, they don't feel like anyone understands them. Uh, th- then many pastors might not have close friends. Yeah. Feeling discouraged. Let's and- do, let's do another illustration, right? So let's stay with basketball. James Harden, great individual player at Houston, but the James Harden show didn't take them far at all. And it was frustration. So what did Harden do? He left to go to another team, right? Right, and and we've seen this in his career. He he left OKC, you know. Now he's leaving Houston. He's almost like a lot of Lone Ranger pastors that might be listening. You're very skilled and talented at some things, and so people ooh and awe, ah, maybe at your preaching skills, or maybe at your counseling skills, or your shepherding skills, but. In the long run, you doing everything all by yourself doesn't bring home the championship. It doesn't really grow um, really uh, disciples. It really just kind of looks like you're, you know, got a great stat line and you made the all-star team, but you're not really impacting the kingdom of God. Now, I love, you know, I don't know James Harden, but I'm just kind of sitting from my couch looking at this whole situation. That's just kind of what it looks like uh, from him. 
Um, yeah, and, and when you're the Lone Ranger guy, your teammates, your team doesn't love you. Yeah, you know, and you're, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, you, that's a, another yeah. great point to draw that illustration, right? Yeah. Now maybe he goes to the Nets now, and he ends up <laughs> with with KD and Kyrie. Like they they do awesome, but we'll we'll see how that goes. But anyway, so is what it, is APES leadership? Yeah, what is APES leadership? As as we dive into ministry being a team sport and really solving this problem of being of guys being in the wrong lane, not having the results that they, yeah. they want. Um, we want to get guys in the right lane. Uh, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Where, where do we find this? And, yes. uh, and, and a lot of this conversation builds on the previous episodes, episodes specifically episodes five and episode six. Yeah. So go so back and look, listen to those. But yeah, let's talk for a minute about that. Most people are probably familiar with this. So equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And then he gets into Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, where he says um, he gave some to be apostles, uh, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, and then to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So you've got these areas, right? You've got the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers. This is um, uniquely designed by God. Right. And so we're going we're gonna to be in one of these lanes more so than another lane and probably have a little bit of overlap and everybody's different. But the apostles are, are these guys who are more of the you know, out in front, visionaries, entrepreneurial type. Uh, they like to be in front of things and uh, start start things. Uh, then you've got prophets, the, the proclaimers of the gospel, defenders of the gospel. They, they love to you know, go deep. They love to get into the, the weeds of theology. Uh, preaching, maybe writing ministries or these guys. You've got the evangelists who are the recruiters, right? They love to talk about uh, the gospel. They love sharing the gospel. They love evangelistic uh, ministries and sermons. And mm-hmm. so gifted in uh, ministries, maybe outside the walls of the church and sharing the gospel. Then you've got the shepherds. These are the the protectors, nurturers. Um, you know, these are the relational guys. Um, these right. are the guys that love to be, you know, with people consistently and 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 love, you know, um, to be in relationships. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of guys. Then you've got the teachers. These are the explainers of the gospel. And so uh, all of these gifts. And you know, again, you can do more research and and find out more details about this. But uh, every single one of these areas are going to you know, be more so who you are and understanding who that is um, really helps us know who we are and know what we're gifted at so that I can lead out of that and I don't have to, you know, be frustrated with what I don't have um, and, and worry about what I don't have. I can, I can lean into what I do have. Yeah. So uh, as pastors, we are equipping the saints for the work of ministry. And then what Paul's telling us here in Ephesians 4 is that we probably, or well, well, we do, we, we have a strength in one of these specific yeah. five lanes. And then, and then maybe we have a primary strength, right? So maybe one guy is, an apo- is more apostolic in his ministry and he's more mm-hmm. entrepreneurial and he's out front extending the gospel, starting stuff and likes to be on the front end mm-hmm. of things. But, but there's also maybe a secondary uh, gift set or secondary lane as well. And so, um, yeah, so what, what you're saying is now we need to, to really begin to learn how God has designed us in our unique style and our unique lane. Mm-hmm. And so dif- there, there can be, if we're not careful, some, some differences here, yeah. right? Yeah. These differences can, can cause division sure. on teams when, when people don't understand how God's designed them mm-hmm. and then how God's designed other people on their team, putting people in the right spot. 
so that they're leading in, in a right way. Yeah. Um, so, so talk about that for a minute, you know, how, sure. how, how do you see, how do you see differences lead us to, to maybe sometimes being unhealthy yeah. and also being a part of unhealthy teams? Well, uh, just in my experience, if you've got perhaps maybe, um, a shepherd on your team who is very relational and very caring and nurturing. Um, if you get him in the room with an apostolic guy, uh, which is kind of where a lot of my gift sets are with leading it out in front, seeing bigger picture and, and mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, you know, that guy may not see me, you know, as somebody who cares for people. Mm. And I may see him as someone who isn't, you know, maybe a good leader. Mm-hmm. And because he's not out leading and not out in front. And so in church life, you know, we see uh, the, the silos beginning to develop and the criticism develop. Right. If I'm a, if I'm a prophet, you know, and I'm, I'm word of God and I'm, you know, very, you know, passionate about the truths of scripture, I might look at the guy who's, you know, more evangelistic and say, man, he's shallow. Mm. And I don't value his gifts of, you know, getting into the community and sharing his faith and, and see, this is, this is the beauty of the gospel. This is the beauty of how God designed the church is that we need each other and we need different people on our team because if we just get a bunch of, you know, apostolic guys around us, mm-hmm. we're going to be out in front leading a bunch of things and then, you know, maybe those caring ministry type things people don't feel cared for, right? right. And so we've got to get the shepherds on board and we got to get the teachers on board, right? And so we all need each other to be healthy, but it's frustrating, you know, for me as a guy that, you know, reads Pastor Twitter and, and, and sees all the different, you know, controversies going around. It's like, why, why do we as, as leaders in the church, why, why are these folks fighting and, and criticizing so much and not really valuing the gift sets of different people? And um, in, in our churches, you know, valuing that gift set so that we can build a team around us where we're actually working together to make disciples instead of just, you know, getting people who are like us and who are, you know, have the same experiences and look like us and have the same gift sets. And, and now all of a sudden our church is great at evangelism because we're all evangelistic and we're out in the community and people are getting saved, but nobody's growing in their faith because there aren't any teachers. Nobody Mm. feels cared for because there's no shepherds and we're not growing the church really because there's no one apostolic here helping us get out into the future. We're only gospel, gospel, you know, get saved, get saved, get saved. And it's like, all right, we we got to see we got to see this for what it is and the truth of how we need all different kinds of gift sets around us. We need all different kinds of gift sets around us, and I see we see this often in in different churches where, like you might you might look at one church down the road, I don't know, and say, oh, that's a that's more of a teaching church. Yeah. Well, really, it's because uh, the guy who is the lead pastor runs in the teacher lane, and yeah. he hasn't done a good job of building his team yeah. around his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what we don't want to say is, you know, oh, that's the evangelistic church or that's, it. and, and some, and you know, there, there's seasons for churches where, where they kind of go through, um, you know, discipleship and teaching and evangelism yeah. and, and starting things and doing mm-hmm. different initiatives as God leads churches through different seasons. Sure. Yeah. But why is this important as a leader? So, so, you know, as, as I draw this out, you know, for you, and leading Foothills Church and 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 developing our staff, um, you know why why is this important as a as a as a leader and as a pastor wanting to lead a church into the future? Sure. Well, 
uh, self-awareness as a leader mm-hmm. is critical. If I want to be healthy, if I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant, if I want to do the work that God has given to me to do, I need to be self-aware about what he's gifted me in and in what lane, you know, that I lean towards. And, and then I want to help my staff understand that. And I want to help my people understand that. Yeah. So, so how, how do you become self-aware? Like oh. talk to me just, or talk to the me and everyone who's listening, just give us uh, some pointers on how do we become, the, <laughs> how, how do we grow in self-awareness as leaders? Step one, marry a good woman. She will help you. <laughs> that is very true. That is she very will, true. She will point God's out. grace. Absolutely. <laughs> she will point out the areas that are uh, not where you need to be, right? And so, no, seriously, though, that's a huge part of it. I think my wife has been huge in helping me see some, some flaws in my life. I, I need other people in my life. I, I've got one, maybe two people in my life who I really trust, know that they would take a bullet for me. And uh, if they were to come into my office and have conversations with me, those are the ones that I really listen to. And those are the ones who I know got my back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are those are guys that I would uh, listen to wise counsel. Um, study, reading, mm-hmm. the Emotional Intelligence uh, book, the EQ book is incredible. Um Every leadership book I can get my hands on, I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are ways that we grow uh, life experience. You got to get punched in the gut a few times in your ministry. Right. And so I think all of us learn. Um, well, hopefully we learn from those mistakes. Uh, we don't always learn from mistakes, but uh, I hope we walk away from those lessons and actually apply them to our life. And so I think all of these areas are ways that we begin to grow and learn and we we uh, mature in our faith as God uh, and His grace leads us through these experiences. And so as you go through those experiences, you learn your strengths and your weaknesses. So that's, that's you know, a, an important part of becoming a, a self-aware leader who's leading in the right lane. And then, um, as you've mentioned already several times, you, you begin to define the team that mm-hmm. you need to build around you, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and, and that... It takes time. It takes, it takes a time. season of ministry. It yeah. takes mentors and coaches, and it takes failing forward right? yeah, a couple right. times to be to know. Okay, this is this is where I'm really good in ministry, and this is where I see a lot of fruit, and yeah. where I'm happy and having fun. Yeah, and for a lot of guys, it's going to take time. But for guys that may be young, maybe you're young in ministry, man, get this right on the front end and walk into it on the front end and, and save yourself some some pain here. Like, know who you are. Are you a teacher? Are you a shepherd? Um, for me, more apostolic in teaching is kind of where I lean. And so I need shepherds around me and um, I need evangelists around me. And those, those things help keep balance in my ministry and in my team. And I want to... I want to be intentional about guys on my team, like saying, you're really good at this evangelistic night. You're really good with evangelism, period, you know, yeah. identifying that, let them feel like, man, I am, I am good at that. And like, that is Elaine and, and, uh, where, you know, that guy might be weak. I don't want to hammer him on the weak part. I want him to lean into what he's good at. That's right. And, and that's and, so important. And, and then I want to bring other guys who are weak in both of our areas to help yeah. us and keep that dialogue open on your staff. That's right. Like, hey, you know, speak into this and let's all have some robust dialogue. You know, let's get it out there. Let's share it right here around this table. But when we walk out that room, you know, we're 100 percent on 
each other's team. We're not going to talk bad about each other. Yeah. We're going to air it out in this room. And then together we're a team and we're not going to dog each other and we're not going to criticize each other, lean into each other's gift sets, appreciate those gift sets. And then that team could accomplish some great things for the kingdom of God. But we got to build that team, honor that team and equip that team to, to live out of this giftedness. Yeah. So you mentioned this really at the beginning of the episode and seeing one lane celebrated over the other lane. But I, I want to dive into that for yeah. a second again and just kind of ask you, how do you how do you see this uh, celebrated, you know, yeah. uh, often? And I, I really want to draw that out. Okay, um, that's great. Yeah. So let's talk about a shepherd for a second. Yeah. Shepherds are loved by the people. Like our, our shepherds on our team, our people, you know, feel cared for and nurtured by shepherds. And, and people just in general in the church, they love the shepherd. Right. And so they love people. Yeah, they get celebrated because of that relational gift set. Relational capacity. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that gets celebrated and that's great. Where the shepherd is going to struggle is in the more of the maybe the leadership building of structure, vision casting, evangelism and teaching. So those are going to be weak. But Mm -hmm. when people love you, then you can kind of get by with not being the greatest teacher or with, you know, being good at building structure. Yeah. And so that's why there are a lot of shepherds who are pastors who you maybe your church isn't growing, but your people love you, right? What that guy needs is some apostles and some evangelistic uh, guys around him to really, you know, take the church into the future. But a lot of guys in that situation are a little intimidated by the apostles. They might be intimidated by some of the evangelists because they are the more, sometimes more dynamic, you know, upfront, really great at teaching. And so we, we kind of, you know, put our guard up around that because we think, well, they're better than us, but they're not. That's right. (laughs) Your, your gift set, lean into being a shepherd right? and uh, lean into that and know that that's who God has called you to be. You, you can be a great pastor as a shepherd and, and not be the greatest teacher on your, on your staff. That's right. <laughs> it is. It's so important. It's so important to, uh, to, as a pastor and how God has designed you to live in your lane, mm-hmm. to know your position, to be honest about your position and your lane. And if you're leading a team, build a team around your weaknesses. If you're a part of a team, Mm. jump into being a part of that team in a healthy way where you are, you know, adding to the growth and the success and the flourishing of the team with your strengths that God has given you, knowing your design, which we talked about last episode. And uh, and, and again, um, when you do this, it makes the team better. It makes you better. It makes your church better. In all of this, we are busy with the right things because we are busy in the right leadership lane. Thank you for listening to the Busy Pastor Podcast. As we close today's episode, we want to invite you to do a few things. First of all, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Busy Pastor. Secondly, if you like today's episode, subscribe to the Busy Pastor Podcast and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, you can join the Busy Pastor community by going to busypastor.org and fill out the form for more exclusive content and resources. Today's episode is brought to you by the anonymous note giver who tells you your sermons went too long. (laughs) Identify yourself, man. Don't, Don't come at me with that stuff. If you would like to sponsor the Busy Pastor, email us at info 
at busypastor.org. See you next week. Until then, let's be busy with the right things.